Welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. Again, leaderless, but not rudderless. We have uh, Magic Mike and Rocket. I'm not even going to play my music because, I don't know, we've got full control here. So, you know, no need to sort of bloviate and and pump up my ego anymore. Um, And this week's episode, this one is the preview of the 150th Open Championship or British Open. Sorry, Ross the Open Championship at the home of golf, St. Andrews, where our fearless leader will be dipping his toes in uh, in the history of the game, I think, this week. Is he, is he going a couple of days, Mike? He is, yeah. I was going to say, we didn't even talk about in the last podcast that it, where he was. <laughs> we just said, oh, he's not here. <laughs> he's taking a night off. Well, we thought it was a quiet week. He just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> well, a, a uh, one of our regulars in in the Discord channel did ask the question with a bit of a laugh emoji. Uh, where is Ross this week? So I don't think we even had to mention where Ross was because I think if anyone's listened to one episode for probably the last <laughs> three months, if there's one thing that's for certain, death, taxes, and Ross is going to Scotland. That's like, it. It is, you know, between that and who he's played with in a pro-am, they they are, you know, some of the most common things that are talked about on on this episode. Well, he's definitely going um, at least two days. I can't remember which ones. I know it might be going on a Friday and maybe a day on the weekend. I can't remember. He he did have something to get back to. uh, I think it might have been in Edinburgh. Some sort of uh, concert he was heading off to, I think might have been on a Sunday. Yeah. But he's definitely going to be around for at least two of the days and, and maybe even a practice round or a couple of days in the, including the practice round, yeah. So very, very, um, very jealous. And it's already started. I just just had a quick look at the socials then and uh, Stephen Ivak from um, Elite Augusta Tours, he's there. Oh. So he's um, he's taking photos. He's out on course at the moment. Um, and then I saw a few of the other boys are there as well, so... It's going to only continue the heartbreak for the next next week. Um, and I know we spoke about it in the last episode, but the fact that the Open Championship on their YouTube channel uh, showing, you know, live from the range, they're doing interviews. They've got a guy that's out on the course with people playing practice rounds. Um, oh, Maybe it is the 150th or it's one of those things as you get older, you start to appreciate things a little bit more. But I don't know what it is about this Open Championship over others that have been played at St. Andrews. Uh, I don't know. This this is one where I feel like it's – maybe I'm going to put the expect the, the moz on it. It's going to be one of these – I think it's going to be epic. I, I have this feeling it's going to be – this. There's all these little threads and themes and things that are happening. The course looks just amazing. 
um, my soon to have purchase of the tailor-made commemorative bag looks amazing. Um, there's all these things are happening and it's, I don't know. I think this is, and the beauty is that it's the, it's as much as I lament about the change of the PGA championship into where it is in May, I kind of feel like maybe more and more that the open championship being the final one for the, for the year is kind of feels like it's rightful place. And especially the 150th, like it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a stamp on the year. Um, yeah. So no, I yeah, agree. I, we'll, we'll, I agree with you, mate. I'll probably bloviate some more through the rest of this preview about <laughs> how excited I'm going to be. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think um, it is the right one to have last. Definitely. I think it's a, if you're going to, if you're going to have one where you've got to travel, that one should be the last. I mean, realistically, we shouldn't have three in the States, but that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's great that it's the last one. You should be excited. It's 150th. It's it's a massive event. It's at the home of golf. It's it's going to be electric. Um, there's no bad winner. But no matter what happens, I'll just use Kurt Kitayama as the example because he played well this week. Kurt Kitayama could win. I'm still expecting this to be a bloody good tournament, one for the ages, um, as we all should be. You know, go from there. And 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 drama too. It's like I can just. I don't know. I feel like there's just going to be. I think there's just going to be lots of drama because if the course is, it's baked out. Yeah, so that that excites me more than one hundred percent. That <laughs> excites <laughs> me more than anything. Like, you would think no. if it's dry and it's it's the scores are not going to be. I don't do not think they're going to be low. Although so, a couple of times when the course has been dry, you've had. You know, if I go back through ones that were the Open Championship, it's there've been a couple close, but there's been a few that have been actually the last few have been blowouts because they go, oh, not really. So you go, 2015 was was the was that a three way playoff? You had Zach, Leash, and Beyond. No, who was the third? Or was it just a two? I thought it was a three way. No, no, no playoff. there was definitely three. There was definitely three. Can't remember who the third one was because then you something had something in my brain says it was Bjorn or Thomas Bjorn or someone. Yeah, because then because you had Spieth and Day and someone else basically just not getting it done sort of down the stretch. They all, you know, there was potentially could have been like a nearly a seven-man playoff the way it was going. I did watch the final round of that again the other day. It was a lot, oh, it was really good. The conditions were tough. Um then you go back to 2010 where Usti basically lapped the oh not so much lapped the field it was Usti in the playoff oh defending defending open champion there we go that's where his his run of you know bridesmaids started to really yeah um yeah so Usti no I wouldn't say lapped the field in 2010 but he he is was pretty commanding I think he was wire to wire that year then you had Tiger Tiger in 05 and it wasn't that was the one of the that was where he that was the first of his back-to-back because he won 06 at Liverpool actually strangely enough it's being played at Royal Liverpool next year which I've already got I've already submitted for my tickets um, I was thinking about that I was definitely thinking about that um, it's a nice little twist um, so then I can't remember what he won by in 05 it was I think it was a decent win 
and then you had the you know the uh it was the last part of the no it's the second one where because i think he won by what do you win us open by 12 and i think he won the open championship by 10 in 20 2000 won by heaps so there's a couple of yeah a couple of tight ones couple of long ones and then you had 95 where you had um daily v rocker Mm -hmm. um i think that was the one that michael campbell choked in as well because he's playing in the final group with um constantino rocker when cambo was wearing the uh the all black with the nike yeah yeah took the gas um and then the one pre- prior to that was 1990, which is anyone watching the YouTube, they'll see the uh, background here because that's the shark. I think it was on one of the early holes in the third round. So him and Faldo were tied for the lead after 36. Shark had gone 66-66. Faldo went 67-65. Hold a pitch shot on 18 for Eagle to be in the final group with the shark. Um, I think Shark in his second round hold a pitch shot on 14 for Eagle. And then so they uh, they teed it up together. And maybe this was a, you know, golf Nostradamus. Faldo shot 67, I think. Shark shot 70. No, yep, I think it was right. And then Shark shot 76. And then I think he shot 73 or 74 in the final round, just completely... Just wiped the floor with the um, um, Faldo just pants him again. And then the Open Championship the year before that, the time it was played before that was 84. So that was Seve. That was the one where IBF was leading into the final round. I think Tom Watson was thereabouts. And then Seve's hold, I think he made birdie on the last to win by shot over a few. And then 78, that was Nicholas. I think that was Nicholas. Watson? No. Oh, I keep thinking of um, Jack Newton, but that was 75. And then prior to that was 1970, I think, was the, the Open Championship before that. Don't th- I can't remember if Nicholas won that one or not. It might have been Gary Player. Can't remember. There we go. I'm going you, backwards. You remembered about 10 more than I did. So you well. <laughs> and then I think the time before that was 60... I think 61 was the one or 60 might've been 60. There was, I know there was another one in the sixties there, but 1960 was the one that Kel Nagel beat Arnie Palmer. And then Peter Thompson was 54. Yeah. No, look, it's a, um, sorry, going back a bit. No, 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 mate. People love it. (laughs) It's, um, it's certainly going to be like, it's the hundred and fiftieth. He couldn't have it anywhere else. Um, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a week where, as we've sort of said every week, we're all excited. For everyone around the world, everything changes, right? For watching golf, right? So for us, it's we go from watching getting up at, you know, for me, getting up at six AM to watch the PGA tour. Now golf starts at four PM. It'll kick <laughs> off. Four PM on a Friday afternoon. We'll be able to probably turn on Foxtel or however else you watch it, and and we'll be able to watch the first groups going because everyone goes off one, and they'll be teeing off from probably six or seven o'clock in the morning till I think the last group goes off at like five, four or five in the afternoon. 
Well, because the thing we forget, because like they showed some live footage. I don't know if anyone saw it. There's some live stuff again. The Open Championship already published of um, Tiger and JT just doing a chipping um, pitching putt on Saturday <clears> night at ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, they the last. They played in. the last hole at ten o'clock at night. Yeah. So that's why they can play all day, literally. Keep forgetting, you know, where the UK is, and especially Scotland from the Northern Hemisphere, it's into that, you know, you've got the really, 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 really long days. Um, well, yeah, you're going like, to have 100. Like Ben Alaska. 150-odd people <laughs> teeing off um, and getting them all through, not off split tees. That sums up how much daylight they've got, which is lots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, imagine doing a shotgun start around the Open Championship. Yeah, no, no, it wouldn't be the same. Well, when we the year we went to the Masters was the first year they did split tees, ten and one and ten. Then, and they they were the same. It's always everyone goes off one, and I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing to do. Um, you know, it's good to have a tradition. But um, yeah, it'll be the weather looks good. And we talked about it on the last podcast of the weather. The weather I've I've started looking at just for the ideas on, on round one leaders and and realistically for any investment this week i'll be waiting to see if there is going to be any sort of benefit to either side of the draw because uh as we know that's prevalent in in open championships you're going to get weather coming in and right now it looks like it's going to be okay but i can guarantee it won't be at some point there will be some 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 wind up so if you've got a player who's going to cop that wind, as an example, we've talked about Morikawa in the last sort of few months about really battling playing in the wind. Maybe he's someone that then you don't want to look at. So what's the what's the weather forecast at the moment? Yeah, it's it's going to be twenty to twenty three degrees in Celsius terms, and the wind's going to be you know fifteen to twenty one k's an hour each day. Um, Thursday looks okay. Friday looks look. They're going to get a little bit of rain overnight, so it might be a little bit softer on this on the Friday morning. So, so that so the so the morning groups might actually the Friday morning groups might actually get a bit of benefit if the course softens up a little that, bit. Right? That that's the only lean I'm looking at now. So Thursday looks evenish, and then Friday looks like the wind will be up on the Friday afternoon. So if you're early late, you might actually get a worse a slightly worse draw than a late early. But that that'll be a first because usually it's this year in all the majors she's been late early. Yeah, cooked. And it's it's <clears> tough because of the way that they the way that they go out in the length of time. You could get the wind kicking up around. Let's just say it kicks up around midday. The early groups might be in, but you might get someone turning off at four, who's the late late, who actually doesn't see any wind because they're out at four, and it actually the wind dies down by that time. So. Yeah, be the middle of the day might be the time to steer away from. And, and also, it's going to be interesting because we've got the course that pretty much, except for a couple of holes, it's pretty much straight out and straight back. So, yeah, yep. depending on when the wind picks up and the direction it's coming from, because yep. it's not like it's a normal course where there's all sorts of routing and you get yeah, out yeah, cross yeah. winds and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be pretty, pretty binary. Of you might actually have no wind as you go out. Yep. And all of a sudden the wind picks up. But the thing is, though, the people behind you are coming into the wind and you might be going downwind on on, on the inward nine. Yeah, exactly. I, I had a very good podcast today and we've talked about him a little bit in the last few weeks, the Tour Junkies boys. I had the uh, head caddy from St. Andrews on today to talk about the course because they, they were there two, three weeks ago playing and they got him on. Um, 
And he gave some really good insight around the breeze. And and um, he talked about, you know, the prevailing wind is a westerly, a southwesterly, and that's that's effectively what it looks like it's going to be from when I looked at the looked at the um, weather today. That's where it looks like the direction it's coming from. He said, but the funniest part about it is people get hung up on driving and things like that. But he said, one of the things that you really want to be making sure you get right is using that wind because it is going to be a westerly. It's going to be slightly across where you need to hit the ball to get it to land into the right parts of greens because the stroke scan approach is, is probably the most important. But he also talked about stuff that you never think about. And that was the way that the, the tides work. And when the tides are at certain points, the wind will die down and I've you need to be able that. to take account for that. So just some of the things that these guys, um, that, that they they are doing day in, day out, these caddies and, and taking advantage of and helping the, the punters is um, is amazing. And and yeah, it was a really good listen. So I advise anyone that, that is interested. Um, yeah, the, they did a pre- preview show with the one of the caddies from St. Andrews. It was quite interesting. Oh, yeah, actually consumed a lot of preview shows i've watched i uh, listened to all the fried egg stuff this week i watched um a video that um mike clayton tweeted today a video a 12 minute video on, on st andrews which was, which was really really good and i've been is that cons- good i saw really that good. yeah it was really good and i've been consuming a lot of the fire pit collective stuff in the last few weeks they've been they've been really good too they put up some really good stuff oh bamberger would be right in his element wouldn't he they they um look they 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 do some good stuff as just normal but they had some really good interviews with a relation of old Tom Morris, um a little bit stuff around the course and just things, things like that and I, I really like the fried egg stuff talking that you would have listened to it around talking to people on their first. Um, oh, I haven't listened to time. I haven't listened to that one yet because I know that Andy, Andy's that's the first there, time he's been there. Up. Yeah. So he's got people on to talk about the first time that they saw the course or played it and no laying up boys did something similar. So yeah, I'd recommend it if uh, people have got spare time. Of course, after they listen to this one, um, yeah, yeah this one first, and then go to the others. Don't worry, don't worry about the other guys. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 kind of the way it works. We don't know the draw yet. It is early. Um, we'll post some stuff on socials once we get a better handle on it. But right now, yeah, we haven't got the draw yet. I'm, I don't even know if it's out today. It might be out tomorrow, our time. Yeah, oh, okay. sorry. Might be out Wednesday our time. Early, early morning Wednesday, we'll probably see it. So it'll be Tuesday their time. Yeah, the, and yeah, back to the course. It's just gonna be oh the fact that it's gonna be baked out. I think I'm getting I'm excited because I'm if thinking if that and then there's the wind. And again, it's like the conditions, right? It's like the depending on where the pins are, are you gonna flight it in? Are you gonna bounce it in? Are you gonna use the contours? on the slopes and stuff like that to actually, you know, bring the ball in rather than going straight at it. Cause it's not going to be pure target. It's like, no, hit it out there, ride that wind, have it land short because then it'll hit this mound and kick forward and funnel into the hole, blah, blah, blah. Otherwise, if you try and land it on there, you might land it on something and it goes long and things like that. Um, no, it's, it's, it takes imagination here, doesn't it? I mean, it's, I, I was talking to someone today might have even been on the weekend and talking about St. Andrews and being more like of all the PGA tour events that they play, it's probably most like Augusta. It's somewhere where when you're hitting into the greens, you need to know where you're hitting it because they're big greens and you're going to need to be in the right spots because if you're not, it's going to pull you away from where you want to be. And then you're in three Jack city and you are, you're looking at really, really long putts. Yeah. And this goes back to that 
you know, and it's funny when you think about all these other classic courses that we, if you, you know, anyone's a bit of a, an architecture nerd, you talk about angles, especially how McKenzie designed stuff, um, you know, the, and, and the golden age stuff like Ross and Rayner and McDonald, um, um, you know, Travers, um, Devereaux, list could go on and on and on. Flynn, um, you know, the whole angles into, into holes. And I think this was one of the ones that I talked about. I'm trying to remember, the, I can't remember the podcast and they were talking about, you know, the holes, especially on the back nine is that the best angle in, like they gave 16, for example, you know, got out of bounds all down the right-hand side, really close to the green. And then you can play out to the left away from the danger. But the thing is, though, it gives you the worst angle to the green. And it means that the pin you're playing into, the out of bounds is actually behind you. So if you go long, you, you, you bring out actually out of bounds into play. And the best angle is actually playing your tee shot closest to the out of bounds because it gives you the best angle into the green yeah. and attacking whatever pin. So it's this whole, if you think about what was built, when it was built and the strategy with it, like it's, it's quite phenomenal to just sit there and think about this course. And it's kind of, it's not the oldest, but it's one of the oldest ones. And it's kind of that first real championship course. And it's, it's like the birthplace of all modern architecture there's obviously others that have contributed to that you know think about the templates and other bits and pieces but pure from a strategy perspective it's it's one of those first ones that contributed and it's quite i don't know i I, I get quite fascinated have you been here someone dissect a course and explain it and then you think about it and how it's evolved into other courses over the generations yeah you haven't played it nope no neither it's on the list next year um now before we get on to the rest of the stuff we need to talk about you mentioned the bag before mm-hmm. tell us about the bag uh you, you can do your bag and i'll do my bag the first photo i saw was from probably some dirt bag that wasn't supposed to be showing it <laughs> and uh because our, our fearless leader had the opportunity to take the photos and he's published them today on uh, on release or allowance from TaylorMade. And I remember the first images and I was a bit mm, not sure about it. But once I saw Ross's images, like, and then uh, then again, I saw Rory's one on the, on the range. I, I've, I've kind of really fallen in love with it. It's just little detail and stuff like that. Like it's, in the theme of old and young Tom Morris, there's tartan. It's, it's, although I feel like there's a bit of a brown theme with the open championship bags. Um, but for me, it just, it feels like they've incorporated a little bit of old, a little bit of new all the way through it. Uh, I haven't seen, I haven't gone to the website where, where they usually sort of go through and identify all the little bits and pieces in terms of, like all the themes all the way through. Um, so I, I don't know what all the little bits and pieces 
um, mean. But from from my perspective, I was expecting a bit of the old blue and white Scottish, and maybe it was a bit like this. Yeah, so but I'm really coming around to this one, uh, uh, and looking forward to having that as part of the collection that will be going on thy wall behind me. Um, you know, I, I'm not an artwork. Oh, I have one piece of artwork, and that's purely for a personal reason. Um, but in my study, the uh, a few commemorative bags are going to be for my artwork, and I'm actually. I started out thinking, mm, I'm not sure, you know, have I made a bad decision? Is Ross going to get upset if I say I don't want this bag? <laughs> <laughs> but I've really come around to it. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on this sucker. Yeah. Well, and that's a tailor-made bag. And yeah, I, they, they emailed out today, they're selling um, the head covers and all that sort of jazz. And um, yeah, they look really good too. I, um, being Team Callaway, versus your um, team uh, tailor-made. Um, I just saw the Callaway bag today and and I really like it. It's um, it, It's been, uh, they did a competition uh, with some school kids to design the bag. And oh, really? They, yeah, yeah. That's and they've had, um, they've had, because I said, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it looks like it's been drawn by a child. That's what I thought. I was going to yeah. say, I thought, mm, might be a bit derogatory to say that. No, I'll, I'll, I'll just hold fire. No, but I looked it up and, and, and yeah. So basically, what they did was they held a competition and they've had some finalists, and I, there might be about 10 of them that have been narrowed down to the best designs from about, I don't know, I think it was like 60 or 70. And they've been on display in, in the town of St. Andrews. So there's 10 bags throughout the town that have been on little displays with a little oh, really? story behind the bags. Yeah. And then the finalist is the one that they've made into the bag the players will be using. Oh, so they've done sort of like the top 10, displayed yeah. them all around. Yeah. I don't know how it was chosen, whether they just chose the one they liked the best or whether yeah. um, people voted or how it worked. But um, yeah, that's how the Callaway one came up, came about. And so that's the one that you'll see. It, it's got some really cool sort of um, drawings on it. And it's raising money for charity for some of the charities over there in, um, oh, in really? St. Andrews. Yeah. So that's, that's really, good. really good. Yeah. But they don't sell that bag. So um, they're going to auction off all the other, all the bags on display plus that one. Uh, they'll be auctioning off to raise some money over the next week. What colour is, is it? It's like a, a pastel-y sort of colour. I'm, I'm, sure I'm sure it's on the socials. If it's not, it's not too far away. Yeah, um, I was just looking up. Um, I'm just looking up Callaway bag because I don't think I've seen it. I'll send you a pic. Yeah, okay. The um yeah it's uh it's got some um yeah drawings all over the side of it with a Saint Andrew's theme 150th theme as you'd expect um it's got a big flag on the front the, the the Scottish flag on the front and a few other things it's yeah it's very cool very different which is good oh, awesome oh, awesome um and one thing I didn't remember until it came about but you can probably tell me about it there's a there's a past champions dinner. I didn't know they had a dinner. Oh, it rings a bell because I think I've heard this before and was shocked last time as well. I've seen them have photos and stuff like that, right? Because yeah. um, I've always seen, especially like Lee Trevino, because, yeah, he's won it twice. Um, so, yeah, Lee Trevino and, and um, I don't know if you saw the, the little clip with Lee Trevino sticking his head yeah, out, tiger, the, the tiger. That's just, yeah. <laughs> that's just gold. It's just, I love that sort of stuff. Um, 
And yeah, so I knew that they would come together because Peter Thompson would go every year um, and be invited by the RNA to go to every open championship and stuff like that. Um, and I think they had a gathering, but I didn't know they actually had a dinner. And um, yeah, there's a good reason why he said, uh, why, <laughs> why, why, yes. why the dinner? Because yeah, why it was in the news. Yeah, because um, someone made it made it known that they were uninvited. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, the the aforementioned um, leader of the WCW uh, NWO, um, Hulkamaniac himself. Or egomaniac. There's a lot of wrestling references in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I, I, I really, you know, someone's already. I, I really think the the Live vs PGA Tour has so many undertones to the Monday Night Wars with WCW and WWE, or what was WWF. Um, there's, there's a lot there, but we can unpack that another day. Um, so, I, I think back to. The decision they made, and there's a lot of people that have been, oh, you know, he's a champion, he's earned it, he's deserved it, blah, 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 blah. This is a disgrace, et cetera, et cetera. But let's let's really think about what is this man's intent? Like that's that's really it's, what's his intent? So we already there was him trying to get get himself into the oh, yeah. 150th field. Assume, so assume past champ- past champions are allowed to basically have automatic exemption up to the age of 60. And then after that, you know, you have to qualify normal normal style. Where Sandy Lyle actually tried this year. Like, credit to him. Um, and, yeah, so the Shark is like, oh, you know, I'm a two-time champion. You know, I, I really should be playing in the field. And that quickly got shot down and you think this was still sort of early days of live. It was post the Phil um, Shipnuck thingy. And then the RNA quietly had advised the shark. He was uninvited to the champions dinner and no one knew about it until Greg made it public. So we know the man's intent because here's the thing. It's the hunt. It's the home of golf. It's the 150th championship. So put aside all the stuff with the PGA tour and the live and all that sort of stuff. Right? This is purely about, this is about the open championship at St. Andrews. The, Nothing else, nothing else, and I cannot stress that, nothing else should take away from this this event whatsoever. We all know that there are players that have been that have joined the live tour and they're playing. That's fine. We know that if the shark was there, what would happen? It's going to be a circus. It will literally be a circus and it would detract away from the 150th at St. Andrews. 
as far as I'm concerned, the RNA was well within their right to say, we are protecting our championship. Our focus is about the championship at the home of golf. Sorry, you cannot come. Do, do you think it's a precursor to what they're going to be looking no. at for the future of people entering from the no. league tournament? No. No, I don't think so. I think this is purely, they looked at it for what is happening this year. And this is not a precursor for in the future. He might be allowed back in the future, but they're looking at this event, like the significance of the significance of all these things. And that is more important than some man's revenge tour. Yeah. And we know what he's like. He would not be humble. He's going to, and, and, and we know he's not humble because we saw he's made it public. Strangely enough, though, yeah. um, there was another little um, piece that I didn't know about. And I was reading, I can't remember the article I was reading. I think it was the Eamon Lynch one. I didn't know that uh, major champion winners that are still alive are invited to the Masters. So they can actually be, they can be there and attend. They can yep. go there for the week. They're invited. So they could effectively, you think about their status in the game, they could probably yeah. do all, you know, aside from, you know, not being able to play in the tournament, be ceremonial or anything like that, you could actually be on the grounds at a game. And you probably, because you're a major champion, you'd probably get a round, right? Mm. Have a guess who was uninvited this year. Mm, really? The shark was uninvited. Or not invited by the Masters. Well, that's the thing. It's invitational, no matter what. Even the tournament, you can do whatever you like. But unless you're he, invited, he didn't come out. Invited. He didn't come out and and slam the the green jackets. No, no. But yeah. yeah, very interesting. So where was that? That's an Eamon Lynch article. I think it's the Eamon Lynch article. Yeah, because okay. I think he wrote about the shark. Yeah, right. And have um, to, have to find it. Was it, it was it was actually it was really good. It was a really good article. Because um, it was sort of going on about the, you know, everyone knows he's got a bit of an axe to grind and it's just his intention for being there would not be pure. Mm. No, that, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think uh, they're just trying to keep it. This is this is our day and we don't want you doing anything that might muck it up. Yeah, and there's plenty of, plenty of you know, we'll call it golf outrage warriors will be going, oh, you know, they can ban the players, but they can't do anything about rolling back the ball and blah, 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 blah. whatever. Yeah, look. Yeah, they're different arguments and there's just not, yeah. And you can't put a spider web that will never get spun out of. No, and look, people get, people always tend to stress about the things that's in their self-interest. Um, that's okay. But um, yeah, there's no, they're just not, that's not a relevant argument at the minute. This is this is what it is. They've made that decision on that. That was an easy one to do. Deciding how they're going to change equipment for the future of all time is, is not an easy thing to change if they want to do it tomorrow. So no, correct. So yeah. Um shark. Yes. Shark. Now forgetting shark to one side or to many sides. Um have you had a look at it? Have you had a look at the tournament? Have you had any thoughts about who you might think might go okay or might win? Well, again, emotional me has already gone out on a limb very hard Yep. with Mr. Homer. Maxwell. 
I've put my, I've put my money. I've, I'm living and dying by this guy. I'm pretty sure I'm going to give a lot of money to the bookies until this man wins the major. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I'm just, I've just got to, you know, maybe I, you know, I remember the question that Ross asked me many times ago. It's like, who's the biggest man crush for? And uh, I still come up with, you know, we'll call it, it's the pub test. Who would you want to sit down and have a beer with, a beer and a palmer with? Yep. It's Maximus, Maximus Mate, Homer. He's right up there for sure. Yes. He's number 28 on the on the data lake. Oh, he um, needs to be 15th. He needs to be 15th. There are a few up the top that um, are up there because of the weighting. No, not the weighting, but just some of the stats that I'm looking at. Um, so so what, what, what's what's besides all the normal results and things like that, what yep. are those, what are the contributing factors to the yeah. Open Championship data lake? So it's a really tricky one this week. I, I, I always stick to six key numbers. Um, Strokes gain approach is always there because it's the most important thing that happens. Um, Strokes gain off the tee this week is important for me um, because as much as... Um, as much as being in the fairway is what it's telling me mainly. So telling me in, in very basic terms, it tells me that you're a good driver. Okay. If you're getting strokes going off the tee, why I feel that's important is with the hard and fast course, if you know where you are going to be able to roll this ball out to and where you want to be able to miss bunkers because they are not just everywhere. Um, stay out of those little pot bunkers yeah. that are littering parts of the fairway that you cannot see from the exactly tee. so if i know you can hit the ball off and see well then that's a tick for me um i'm looking at par four efficiency so how well you sort of play par fours at a 350 to 400 which makes up about yards it is which makes up about six of the six of the holes so that's a that's a fair whack of them then it gets a bit sketchy because i look at strokes gain around the green as one thing i've added in scrambling because i feel like people are going to be scrambling at some point and that's why i've added that in and then i've added in one more thing and this is the one that i undenied about all week and it's driving distance driving distance i don't actually love as a stat right but why i've added it in is because the strokes gain off the tee will give me the accuracy and the distance as a sort of better better rolled up number but this will kind of skew my data to longer hitters and why I've I've added that in, and I could be going down the wrong path, is that I feel like it's going to be some sort of benefit, right? Because someone like um, Cam Smith, right? Cam Smith's not a big hitter, but he's also very wide. Okay, so not very wide, but you know, so the wide part is not really going to be as much of an issue this week, but the ability to not hit pots is. So the accuracy is important, but it's a different sort of accuracy. But I think that if anything, driving distance, if you've got that accuracy, could be a benefit. So I've added that in. Um, I could be wrong, but that's what I've looked at. What, but what was the other one you might have been toying with? Um, I would have probably looked at putting, but putting's a tricky one because if you, on a course like this, and was it, who was it asked the question? Was it Tion around question around putting? In the social actually, the that's a, actually let's let's I'll, I'll quote it exactly. Yeah, there was a question in the in the Discord channel. So, how much attention needs to be given to putting from different spots and distances distances off the greens in the practice days? Because I think the Texas wedge will be in play, and some are good at it and others are not. Yeah, but no, at the I, same time, it's also because of those greens in terms of some are really long, some are really yeah. wide. 
depending on where you're hitting to, you could potentially have some, there's going to be a lot of 40, 40 footers, I reckon. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is the data that I'm looking at is from the PGA tour. So the greens aren't the same. Um, they're not rolling the same. So if I'm adding in that data, it's probably not giving me as good an indication as what I'd like. You can pick, I can deep dive into grass types and things like that, but it's just not quite the same. So if someone say had a good year putting this year, not all greens are equal. So what, what, what's the, what, what are the, what are the, are there many stats that you can pull on the putting side of it? Hey. Like, like for example, like three putt percentage and all yep. that sort of stuff. Putts per green. Um, you can hit, I can, I could add in something more around accuracy of like irons in to like the proximity to the hole averages. Uh, I'm sure there's ones, um, three, three putt avoidance. There's, there's millions and millions of data points you can add in. Um, it just depends on how deep you want to go. It just sort of gives you a round number and why, why I said the driving distance is skewing it. What I do after that is I add a, add a weighted average. So for something like strokes gain approach, I add it up to hundred percent strokes gain always gets approach always gets 20%, right? Whereas driving distance is only getting 15. I might even lower it to 10 yeah, and gotcha. pump something else up. So as much as it's in there, it probably doesn't affect the total number as much. But when I look at the people that have filtered to the top, I can see that there are definitely people up there that are going up higher because of it. Say like as Luke List, as an example, is right up there. Now he's, he's pretty good across the board, except for in scrambling. But he's 11th in driving distance, which was what, which is what is driving him up the data length. So the distance one, you're thinking of, are you thinking of that? Because if you're not that long, you may instead of taking a three wood, you might take a driver. Can help your accuracy. And then so then you all of a sudden you you just yeah. accuracy sort of wavers a little bit, and then you take the three wood because you're a little bit longer. Yep. So you probably increase your accuracy. Same with like if you instead of a three wood, you can hit an iron yep. and even be a little bit more accurate or hit some stingers. Make it, make it, you know, drop and roll. Yeah. Um, versus you got to hit a driver or a three wood and stuff like that because you're not exactly. That it's there's twofold to it, right? The first one is exactly that, right? You more, these guys are accurate anyway, but they're more accurate with a three wood than a driver, and and that's going to help, right? But realistically, there's going to be times where the course where it's playing downwind that some of these guys can blow past bunkers that just will take them completely out of play. Yep. Um, and it just gives them that benefit. So if you're a if you're a uh, Justin Thomas or a Rory McIlroy, and you can pull out the lumber, versus a Cam Smith, there's going to be an advantage there distance wise. Now, you can't do that on every hole, you know. But I think it was not even game something I listened to today that the road hole guys have been hitting, you know, flip wedges in. They've been getting it way down there. So <clears throat> hard and fast course with 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 a big driver, I wouldn't be shocked at some of the par fours if they can get pretty close. Yeah, but then it's a do you get it in the right spot? Do you Correct. run it into do you run it into a pot bunker? Yep. Into rough where you got to yep. come over. You know, so it's it's not just because you can reach it. No, you know, exactly. There's, a, there's another exactly. set of. And, and that's where that that's where that scrambling. mentality around scrambling <laughs> strokes yep. going around the green comes into it. But also the people that are going to be able to use their imagination understand the course. It's not about overpowering, right? I'm not adding it in for a Bryce and DeChambeau um, ability to try and drive every green. That's not going to work. This is not, this is not the course for that. Um, I can't wait to see this goon, goon ball. <laughs> it's going to be so just, good. 
just as you just as we were talking about it too by the way that i've just got the um the live from the range up they're just showing the callaway bag now on the, on the big screen oh are they but I'll, I'll put some photos up on socials um so, so, so with all that, what's the what's the what's the early data lake look like? The early data lake, the top fifteen is as this: Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, Matt Fitzpatrick. All those names, no shock whatsoever. Um, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, Shane Lowry, Sungjae Im, Luke List, Keith Mitchell, Joaquin Neiman, Xander Shoffley, Corey Connors, John Rahm, Cameron Young. So again, none of those names are super, super surprising. Maybe Luke List, Keith Mitchell, but these are guys that have all played well this year, played well in big tournaments. The data, the data that we're pulling, is drawing out the better players because that's why they're the better players. Yeah. Um, it's then overlaying right who's playing well now, and then who's um who's and sorry, I should say the one after that is DJ, and then Mito, and then Cantley. So. There's a few down the list, but those are the guys. If I look at how people have played in the tournament, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it gives me an idea of how they've played. If I look at how they've played at the uh, at this tournament, uh, realistically, at sorry, at this course, at, at the old course, uh, Spieth had a fourth the last time I was here. Yeah, he's the only one in the top fifteen. Chain Larry missed a cut, and then Rory finished third the time before that. And Lowry finished 37th. So we've got four data points of people in the top 15 that have even played St. Andrews in an open. Uh, so it's not not going to be a big, big data factor. Uh, and then it just comes down to looking at how they're playing. So someone like, realistically, what, the one for me that's coming up on top is Rory. Uh, Rory stacks up the best. If I look at the exact numbers, he's, he, him and JT are sitting ahead of everybody else by a long way in the data um, and the numbers won't mean anything to anyone, but effectively their numbers are Rory's number is 1.73. Justin's 1.94. So they're quite the lower number, the better Then the next one in third's 4.4. So it nearly doubles by the time yeah, you get okay. to the third, the third person. So those guys are right up there. Then if you overlay how they're playing, obviously Justin Thomas, um, he, he, um, he, uh, he's playing well. He obviously won the PGA. He finished third at the Canadian. Rory won it. They had their battle there. Um, Rory fifth at the US Open. Uh, he's only played the Traveller since then, and he's taken some some. Um, he didn't play the uh, didn't play the John Deere, and obviously didn't play this week. So he's uh, he's had a little bit of a break. So that's given him a little bit of a freshen up coming in. So if I was going to have a shekel right now, depending on the draw, Rory be my number one. But Rory's also probably the first or second favourite, so it's not an exciting pick. Um, but when I when I finally get through it, I'll post as much information in Discord as possible, and um, I'll have a look at all the information around things like round one leaders. And I, I, for people that didn't listen to it, and I hope this doesn't, um, I'm going to try and filter something on the run. So if my uh, my internet cuts out, it's Ross, it's Rocket's fault. <laughs> Did it? No. Uh, so basically, the one thing we we're talking about before on the last podcast was around round one leaders. So to give you uh, to give you guys a handle on that, just quickly again, without rehashing the whole lot, I have a look at the round one scoring average for every player in the in the tournament, and then I overlay it for the last four years and and come up with uh, that. So the base of the top top five, we'll say in that group, are Patrick Cantlay, Russell Henley, Scotty Scheffler, 
Louis Oosthuizen and John Rahm. But again, I'll look at the guys that are out. Cracker Dawn, which is probably none of the knows none of those guys. But the best option is probably going to be maybe a Russell Henley will get a first out tea time, maybe a Seamus Power. They're the guys that are going to be the ones we'll be looking at for round one leader because they'll probably be the ones that'll be outside of the main draw. Well, and it also is going to, and here it's going to depend on the weather, right? Of course, of course. And right now it looks like Thursday, because you don't need to worry about round one. For, for a first round leader bet, you're only worried about round one, obviously. You want to look at the, the people who are going to get the best part of the weather if there is one, and if there isn't, that's fine. Then run with just the numbers. But remember, if anyone is investing in this and this isn't a gambling show, and if you are having a bet, just make sure you're doing it responsibly. You got to remember you're always a massive chance to get a split pot, right? So there's, there's no issues. It's not like the end of a tournament where you have to have one winner. At the yeah. end of round one, you can have five winners. Yeah. If you get five winners, that's great. But if you've backed Rory and he's paying $10, well, you've actually now only got $2 because it gets split down five times. Yeah. So backing the outsiders is always a bit more fun. Um, but there's a few there's a few up there that, that tend to go reasonably well, like Chris Kirk. He'll be a big number. Harris English. Um, yeah. Once I get all these, I'll post them in the Discord channel as we'll probably keep a lot of this information there just because, one, I'll use it all and two, um, I do about five other shows that all want me to talk about this stuff. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll, be, that'll be kind of the way it works. But right now for me, I think Rory comes up on top. I think Cam Smith for me is someone who doesn't rank in that top 15, but he just seems to have that imagination, that ability to um, have a bit of flair with the wedges. He's not going to be penalized by hitting it wide. And like you said before, Rocket, his putter looks like it's back. So, yeah. So, mm, yeah, I'll be looking forward. I'll be looking forward to that. And could, now I don't know, I'm probably going to ask something that's going to be like hard. Go. I know you've done driving distance. Yep. Could we do one with three putt like avoidance? Yeah, I can't do it on the fly, but I can do it. No, no, no. So it'll be yeah. like when you when you're doing it, sort of like you do your one that you want to do kind of yep. first. But I, I, there's a part of me that feels like this. This I feel like there's there's gold there's gold in them hills <laughs> from that from that three putt avoidance. Yeah, something around the something around the ability to. Well, yeah, there, there's there's a million ways to cut it. At the end of the day, it's it's really, it's you could mess around with it forever, right? So just to give you an example of putting stats, just some of them, some of the ones you can look at, right? You can look at strokes game putting, which is the main one, right? When it comes to three parts, as an example, just the three parts, you can look at three part avoidance. So the people that have as a percentage, the lowest amount of three parts. And then you can look at that for round one, two, three, four, five, round five. Then you can have a three-part avoidance inside of certain distances. So you can say, right, well, I think the average putt that people will be having on these greens is actually bigger than what they'd have on other greens, right? So there might be people that have really poor three-part avoidance from 10 to 15 feet for some unknown reason, but they're actually really good at not three-putting from 25 to 30 feet. Um, so you can pull in anything sort of you like um, or just... Yeah, so I was thinking, so the three-part avoidance, keep it kind of generic. Yep. yep. And the other one I'm thinking about because of the scrambling aspect of it. Yeah. Do they have a putt, putting percentage 
inside like 10 feet. Yeah, for sure. Could we, could we slap that one in there as yep. well? Cause I feel like it's, I feel like that's the course where you're probably going to have a lot of those eight, six, eight, ten footers, mm. like a lot. Yeah, 100%. So that's going, that probably leans back to that scrambling aspect of it, lag putting. So there's like the three putt avoidance plus a little bit of holding those those gnarly ones from six. So to, to give six you to the 10. idea of the people that'll that'll come up, okay. So three putt avoidance, the best players in golf. I'll give you the top. I'll give you the top 20 in people that actually I'll just try and read out some players that I know are playing this week because there's a lot yep. of guys in here. Like Brian Gay's number one, he's not playing. <laughs> uh, Taylor Gooch, yep. Tyrrell Haddon, Xander Shoffley, Lucas Herbert, Abe Antar, Zach, Harold Varner third, Cameron Smith. That's kind of the, all the names that I can see that are at the pointy end inside the top 10, right? Have three putt avoidance. And if I go to putting inside of 10 feet, let's see if anyone else comes up that's the same. So Paddy Cantlay, uh, Matt Kuchar, Brendan Todd, Jason Kokrak, Lucas Herbert again. Uh, Abe Answer again. So they're the ones. Oh, there you go. Your mate, T24, Max Homer. So Max Homer rates 24th with Mark Leishman and then Cam Smith. So again, of I mean, there's three names there that I've called out that are all in the top 25. Herbert, Smith, and I can't remember who the third one was. Max. Is Max. Max is like 22nd on the data yeah. line. Yeah, of 200-odd players, right? So in the top 10%, there's three people that are crossing over in both of those stats. So you would yeah. say you know, very, very basic data says, right, when it comes to putting, throw putt avoidance, tick, putts inside of 10 feet, tick. Both those guys, both of, all three of those guys, they're in they're in the good basket. But then you overlay the rest, and yeah. th- and that's effectively what the lake does. The lake will basically pull each of those things in. Then I attribute a percentage of how much importance I want to put on each of them, and then that spits out the numbers. So, yeah. And then the biggest challenge is going to be obviously, you know, that there's a lot of the European players that we just don't correct, just don't have the data, right? So it's a no, bit there's of, and like, there's guys. Me. Sorry, go. Oh, yeah, because like Tyrrell pops up in that first one with a three-part avoidance, but, you know, he plays a bit on both sides. Exactly, exactly. And there are guys that will share uh, strokes gain data from the European Tour. That's nowhere near as strong. Um, you're better off looking at, you're better off using just that data. And if you find someone that, that goes towards the top, then you go back and try and dig into their data or someone that you might like. So as an example, this week, uh, who was it? Like someone was playing quite well late this week, and I thought, oh, you know what? I might look into their information a little bit further. You know, maybe say it was say it was one of the Hoygo brothers. You might go right. Yeah. They're flashing a bit of form here. I don't have the data on them, but let's go and dig into anything I can find on the European tour and see if they tick any of these boxes. Now I might not get three part avoidance, but I'll get strokes gained or, or something. something like that, right? Correct. And then then you might have a what's their form been for like the last yeah, six exactly months, right? yeah. exactly. And then you go, hey, cool, that's worth a bit. Definitely. I'll add those in and I'll send it over to you. See how it changes. Um, um so yeah, that that's 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 I mean, look, there's a million things we can talk about for the open. Um I don't know. What what are you what are you most hoping will happen? I won't I won't ask who you think's gonna win. Who do you want to win? 
I, 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 you know, everyone. You can say Max. It's all. I do want Max to win. Like I really do. Not only because I've put money on him. Yeah. I didn't. I'd want him to win. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't argue with that. And, and because. I don't know. It's it's one of those 2022 is one of those years where I feel like it's the Open Champ. It's the 150th. Yeah. There's so many things that are going on that are disruptive to the game. Yeah. And having someone like him who's been, I know for me personally, this is for me personally, and hopefully mm-hmm. it's one of those things for other fans out there, is that I've been on the, the max journey for a very long time. So, you know, he's very... He's, done a lot of sharing about his journey and he still does from time to time. Um, He's just a dead set, great human as is his caddy Joe. And they have a genuine love for the game. Like, and, 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 and true. And I think truly the money is a byproduct of their success. And he still like, wigs out at the money that he makes and earns. Like I still remember when he won Riviera and they told him it was a three-year exemption on no laying up. And he was like tripping out on just that. Right. He's not, he's not yeah. thinking about all these other bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still that he still has this pure, there's this purity to, to max and this, we'll call it childlike love for the game that um, I don't know. It would be one of those things. If he wins, he would be an amazing champion yeah in a time of a lot of turmoil yeah um and it's not one of those he's not he's not he's not a todd hamilton yeah 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 i'm with you um but he's at the same time he's not like the number one he's like being thereabouts he's like there's a journey and a yeah. story to it yeah no, i get it it's a, he'd be a good news story for sure i, I would be happy to see him win and um, for you who for you yeah, good question. Look, I, 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 I think if it's not, I, I think there's there's three things that I want from the winner, right? One, I'd love it to be a big name just because of it being the one fiftieth. Without going down, I'm always going to say rabbit hole, but without going down the path of the conversation, I don't want anyone who's a live play to win, just because I don't. I don't want it tarnished and I don't, I really have this bad feeling that if, if say a DJ or a Brooks won it, that third leg Greg would be really making a big thing out of it at the next event and they'd be parading it around and they'll be parading it at Trump yeah, Bedminster. And that, that would, would be the biggest, that'd be the biggest FU because yeah. Turnbury is not in the rota because yeah. it's a Trump course. Exactly. So that, that would annoy me. And if, if, if those things are done, I would actually love to see. Um, I would actually, and as much as this guy is not probably not a, a big, he's, he's a big name, but he's not a big name. But the guys that I would love to see win, if it's not going to be like that, I'd love to see a fairy tale. So I'd love to see Mark Leishman win one after losing in the playoff, or I'd love to see Cam Smith win. And you know what? I'd even love to see. Um, I'd, I'd be, I'd be happy seeing say Matt Kuchar win because I went to 2017, and him and Spieth down the stretch. And he was so close to winning it and just got his heart broken. You know, someone like that winning, I'd be happy with. You go, oh, wow, look at that. He, he got the, he got that win. So, but for me, probably if I had to choose, choose one player, I'd probably say Leash, just because after he, he really, he really was so close to getting that win last time. 
and him or him or Cam would be great to see win. Yeah, either of those, either of those two would be amazing. You know, from mm. a strain story, and you know, Leash has kind of sucked a bit this year, but yep. yeah, yeah, either either or that would be that'd be quite that'd be quite awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and people don't don't forget to put your, excuse me, put your tips put, in. <laughs> everyone put your tips in. We'll be reminding everyone in the Discord channel because there's both. two. There's, for there's both two. Channels. We're now, not even I'm, going to talk about the other tournament because I don't think it's even worthwhile. <laughs> and if well, there are any tips, I, I think you know you'll I'll, post I'll, it in the data lake. I'll give you the picks very quickly, but okay. Um, yeah, I've already put my picks in. Um, <laughs> so for the Open Championship, I've got Jordan Spieth. Um, I don't think I did, I've even got anyone left. I did have a few to pick from. I had Spieth. I had uh, Scheffler. I had a couple of others. Ram. But I've kept them and I'm going with Spieth. I think Spieth is of those guys, my one that I think is the most close to winning. If he can get his putter to work, we know he loves the Open Championship. I think his results here are nothing short of unbelievable. What's his? I mean, like obviously the, the course moves around. But yeah, his last few starts, second, 20th, ninth, first, 30th, fourth. That's, that's exceptional, exceptional, exceptional results. I um, think the only one I've got left, I think, is Blake. Paddy Ice. Paddy Ice. And you're going to use him in a major. Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at it and I don't have too many. I don't have too many left. There's, a, there's a, a lot of people in the same boat, mate. Don't worry about that. And I don't know who Ross is going to pick. He did tell us who. Oh, actually, I actually don't even think he told us who he's going to pick in the um, Barracuda. Um, while you're quickly thinking of that, I will give the Barracuda information. It is the uh, Stableford tournament for everyone back at home. The old international. Where are they playing it? Uh, is it still Reno? No, no, it's not in Reno. It's in it is Stableford, isn't it? Am I going mad? I think yeah, Barracuda is usually the the modified Stableford. Yeah, I can't remember that even where the tournament is, to be honest. I did look it all up before. I've run all the data on it. It's a very different model to the one we just talked about. It's all about 30 or better percentages and bogey avoidance because it's all going to be about going as low as you possible. Um, I've got four guys at the top. They all can go low. They're all good golfers. But the one who tends to go low most is Mav McNeely. He played 16th at the Scottish. He's going back home to play this because he's not in the open. Damn it. Um, I can't pick him. Can't pick Mav. Uh, The next three after that, are all great picks as well. One's Homeless Hubs, Mark Hubbard, who played very, very well this week at the Barbasol. Nick Hardy, who has been playing good golf, was a little bit disappointing at the John Deere, but 8th and 14th before that, 14th at oh, the I've US Open. And Cam Davis. Cam Davis was 8th at the John Deere. I'm a bit disappointed he didn't get a start at the uh, at the um, at the Open because he's um, he's he's quite a talent and, he, and he's obviously won on tour. So I was a bit disappointed. Um, Roscoe's favourite, Austin Smotherman, is right up there as well. Um, then there's, other, you know, it's a pretty lean field again, but some of the same names you picked last week. Michael Gleagy. Guess who I had left? Who? My man. Not Max. Who? Cole. Omar Uresti. Cole, Cole. Morikawa. Oh, oh, Cole go. left for the Open. Boom. There you go. Cheek. Cole, baby. Oh, that's a better pick. But as no. long as he comes second, Max comes first, I'm good. You're happy. That's exactly right. A couple of cowboys. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's it. 
Now we're going to do a halftime show. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to because I've because okay. I'm, I'm flying. We might be able to. I don't know. We'll grab Ross. So I think I, I got a funny feeling. We'll squeeze in one more show in once we get Ross. We'll get Ross on the phone. Whether it's not Saturday, it might be a Thursday or Friday our time, and we'll put it out. Uh, Ross will have been on course at some point, and we can have a chat to him about what he's seeing and what he's doing. Yeah, because um, Friday I'm flying down to Melbourne's. Essendon uh, wins two games in a row, and all of a sudden you're flying in for more games. Is that right? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually at the game on Sunday. I know, I saw, yeah. It's good. The best thing about the game was hearing the Brisbane supporters lament about Joe Danaher and all the things that he does that is frustrating. And uh, I was there with another Essendon mate and we were laughing and we just said to these, like all these Brisbane members, we're going, hey boys, we're Essendon supporters. You got another six years of this. (laughs) He's all right. But what made it better is you got Peter Wright too. I'll two meter Peter at the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I dick kicking like five straight. Ah, so good. Um, yeah, so Monday, no, not Monday, Friday flying down. Uh, I've got a mate's 50th on the Saturday night. Um, and then I might, I think I might be going to the game if I'm allowed on the Sunday afternoon. So we're playing the yep. Gold Coast. So yeah, down down purely for my mate Ange's um, 50th. Fair on, enough. On the Saturday happy, night. Happy birthday, Ange. Yeah, he's a good man. He's a good man. I'll be doing nothing but watching golf and uh, preparing my game because next week is the big event. It's the GMGA Open Championship at Moonalinks Open Course next week. Oh. So if Doc has another hole in one, you'll never see me again. You'll ne- definitely never see him again. <laughs> no, never, we'll never, never hear about it again. No. We'll never live it down. He'll be, he'll be booted from Discord. <laughs> oh, goodness. Good job, mate. Oh, these and I think unfortunately these ones went. You know, I know we plan to do shorter ones, but I think it's the Scottish and then the Open. Yep. It's hard to try and keep it to to little half an hour episodes, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's all right. I think hopefully people like it. Um, give us some feedback if you do or you don't, or if you've got anything that you want us to know, please just message us, text us, or through uh, any of the socials. Ross gets them all; he can sort it out. <clears throat> yeah, through the socials or or you know, on Discord. In on Discord, just. And if you're on Discord already and you're, you know, we, we just want you to just go try and just share it out to a few a few friends that are that are golf nuts or, or getting into it. Just yeah. to give us a listen, jump on the Discord. We'll call it what WhatsApp for kids, just used yeah. by adults <laughs> and um and just to have some fun because that's that's what we're here for. And just hopefully we can, I don't know. Be easy listening for people on, on yeah. a drive into work or a drive home from work or on the bus or on the train, mowing the lawns, you know. Yeah, actually, almost sound like I'm a VB ad or something like that. <laughs> well, and and as well, if anyone's got anything they want us to talk about golf related, just messages. Yeah, please. If we don't know, we'll make it up. It'll be funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whether it be questions, anything. Yeah, there is there is absolutely no limit. Absolutely no, no limit. Especially coming into the, once we get to the postseason, there's oh, not the a lot to talk season. about. Yeah, oh my just, goodness, that'd be good. How boring is that going to be? So we we expect everyone to be loading up on the on the. Wow, well, weird there'll stuff. Be, please. There'll be no PGA Tour, so there'll be some team events. Hopefully, we'll have some news about some events in Australia, but we'll see. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ross might know. All right. Yeah. 
Thanks again, Mike. That good was job, actually mate. I really love that because that was just a good dive into the into the data lake. So hopefully, mm. um, I'll, I'll run I'll run the new one and send it over soon. All right, awesome. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Remember, we are leaderless but not rudderless. Uh, have a good um, have a good night. Have a good day. Have a good evening, and enjoy the open and uh, ruining your sleep for a week. <laughs>